and one and two and two and one oh shucks i can't dance welcome to season two episode four of stories from the open gov a podcast dedicated to telling the stories about what open government and open data look like My name is Richard Pietro, and for this season, I have been reading the 59-page 2018-2020 Canadian Open Government Action Plan. I figured that not many people have had a chance to read it for themselves, so why not help them along, especially since the plan is coming to a close. Now, in this episode, we'll go over the commitments relating to access to information, feminist and inclusive dialogue, reconciliation and open government, and open government community. We will also conclude the reading of the 2018-2020 Open Government Action Plan by going over Annex A, B, and C. So please enjoy Part 4, the last part of a spicy reading of the Canadian Open Government Action Plan. And we begin with commitment number 7. It is called Access to Information. And it begins as such. Canadians want to have easier access to information held by the government of Canada, including their own personal information. The government of Canada will advance its commitment to more open and transparent government. We will, bullet one, undertake a full review of the Access to Information Act. Bullet two, Improve tools available to people who request government information. And bullet three, improve transparency about personal information that the government holds. The lead departments for these commitments are the Treasury Board Secretariat, the TBS, and other departments and agencies across the government of Canada. Next, what we have is a table with, the, with three columns, One column is on the left for what the actual commitment is. Then the second column is the signs of success. And the third column is the deadline. I will go sort of from a left to right uh, kind of style and telling you what those are. So the sort of first commitment here is called undertake a broad review of the Access to Information Act, including examining bullet one, the extent of coverage of the Act, including the range of institutions that are subject to the Act and who can make requests. Bullet 2. Ways to improve the timeliness of responses to requests. Bullet 3. The regime of exemptions and exclusions. Bullet 4. Appropriate protection for information relating to Indigenous peoples and governance. Bullet five, how new technologies could be used to improve the functioning of the system and service to the, to the user. All sectors of Canadian society, including Indigenous organizations and representatives, will be engaged through online consultations and in-person engagement on issue clusters. This whole commitment is for the TBS. What are their signs of success? The full review begins within one year of the royal assent of Bill C-58. Stakeholders are engaged through online consultations and in-person engagement. 
indigenous organizations and representatives are engaged about how the Access to Information Act needs to evolve to reflect Canada's relations with with indigenous peoples, including how information and knowledge of indigenous communities is protected and accessible. And the deadline is, the full review will begin within one year of the royal assent of Bill C-58. The next commitment, issue a plain language guide offering clear explanations of exemptions and exclusions under the Access to Information Act and the Privacy Act and their relationship to the work of federal institutions. The sign of success? A plain language guide is issued and the deadline is June 2019. The next commitment. Increase the number of summaries of previously released access to information requests posted to open.canada.ca and available through informal requests. And that is, again, for the TBS. Sign of success. 50% of institutions publishing summaries by June 2019. And that has a deadline of June 2019. 75% of institutions publishing summaries by June of 2020. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next commitment. Make it easier for Canadians to access government information by improving the access to information and privacy, ATIP, online request service. And that's for TBS. The sign of success the number of participating government institutions is expanding by 50 institutions in each year of the action plan. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next sign of success, Canadians, including users from a variety of backgrounds and levels of ATIP experience, are engaged to improve the ATIP online request service through user testing and feedback. And that has a deadline and it states it is stated as such at least two rounds of user testing conducted before June 2020. The next commitment. Enable government institutions to provide requesters with responses to access to information requests electronically subject to any necessary limitations to protect privacy and security. That's for the TBS, the sign of success. Rather than receiving paper copies or through compact discs, requesters can receive their requests through a digital means. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next commitment. Improve online information about how to make an access to information or personal information request. That's for the TBS, the sign of success. User testing demonstrates that users find the online information about how to make an access to information or personal information request helpful. And that has a deadline of January 2020. The next commitment. Improve transparency about the personal information held by government by making descriptions of Canadians' personal information holdings known as Personal Information Banks, or PIBs, 
available on open.canada.ca in a consolidated, searchable format. And that's for the TBS. The sign of success? PIBs from 60 government institutions are available via open.canada.ca, and that has a deadline of June 2019. And that concludes this theme, the theme of, I already forget the name of it now, sorry, of access to information. And so we move on to the next theme, which is feminist and inclusive dialogue. And it begins as such. Open government should benefit all Canadians. Yet many communities continue to be underrepresented in government engagement processes. These communities seeking equality can include women, girls, LGBTQ2 people, racialized communities, persons with disabilities, young Canadians, low-income Canadians, and others who face barriers in accessing government information and participating meaningfully in the government's decision-making. The Government of Canada will support greater inclusion and diversity in its public engagement. We will apply an intersectional lens to open government activities. And just so you know, there is a uh, footnote here as to what intersectional means, and I will read it right now. Intersectionality refers to the idea that individuals' lived experiences and the organization of power in society are not only shaped by a single factor, such as gender, race, or social class, but in many factors that work together and influence each other. These factors can include gender, race, social class, ethnicity, nationality, sexual orientation, religion, age, disability, and illness, as well as other forms of identity. For a more detailed definition, check our Annex B. So I'm going to continue back to the paragraph, and it goes as such. We will apply an intersectional lens to open government activities and work to ensure that the voices and experiences of marginalized and underrepresented communities are represented, considered, and included. In particular, we will, bullet one, test ways to make government engagement and consultation processes more open to everyone. Bullet two, Implement Gender-Based Analysis Plus in Public Engagements and Consultations. Bullet 3. Build capacity for government officials to design, facilitate, and support open and inclusive dialogue. Bullet 4. Engage Canadians on Gender Equality. Bullet 5. Support initiatives that build the capacity and longer-term viability of women's organizations. Bullet 6. Increase access to gender and inclusion data. Bullet 7. Put people with lived experiences of the consequences of public policy, including members of vulnerable communities such as persons who are homeless or in poverty, at the center of Government of Canada policy design processes. And lastly, bullet 8. Ensure our own National Action Plan on Open Government is as inclusive as possible by conducting a rigorous analysis of gender-based impacts of all commitments. And that last one has a footnote as well, and I'm going to read the footnote right now. 
This type of analysis is known in the government of Canada as Gender-Based Analysis Plus, GBA Plus. GBA Plus is an analytical tool used to assess how diverse groups of women, men, and gender-diverse people may experience policies, programs, and initiatives. The plus in GBA Plus acknowledges that GBA goes beyond biological sex and social-cultural gender differences. We all have multiple identity factors that intersect to make us who we are. So GBA Plus also considers many other identity factors like race, ethnicity, religion, age, and mental or physical disability. And that ends the footnote. So I'm going to continue. And the lead departments are the Canada School of Public Service, the CSPS, Employment and Social Development Canada, the ESDC, Statistics Canada, StatCan, Status of Women Canada, SWC, the Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat, the TBS, and other departments and agencies across the Government of Canada. Again, we see the exact same format for the table, and I will begin with commitment, the first commitment that I see here, which is test best practices for inclusive dialogue and engagement. And that is for the TBS, the signs of success, 10 public engagement or awareness raising sessions organized in partnership with community organizations representing equality seeking communities. At least four best practices tested as part of in-person events, for example, use of alternative venues, event amenities such as childcare and transportation, and event structure. And that has a deadline of April 2020. The next sign of success, report on inclusive engagement practices and guidance for government departments published. And that has a deadline of August 2020. The next commitment. Promote development of skills and competencies required to design, facilitate, and support open and inclusive dialogue and policy development with support materials and capacity building activities. And that is for the CSPS and the TBS. The signs of success. Competencies for supporting open and inclusive dialogue are part of a policy competency framework for public servants. And that has a deadline of March 2019. The next sign of success. Capacity building activities are developed and offered to public servants. That has a deadline of September 2019. And the last sign of success Open and inclusive dialogue case studies and supporting materials are published and shared with the public with a deadline of September 2019. The next sign of success. Implement gender-based analysis plus GBA plus in public engagement and consultations. And that is for the SWC. The sign of success a guide to integrate GBA plus and public consultations and engagement has been developed and implemented as part of the Guide to Public Engagement. And that has a deadline of December 2018. The next commitment. 
engage Canadians on gender equality by hosting a national roundtable on GBA+, leading a national conversation on gender equality with young Canadians, and developing a strategy that engages men and boys as partners in advancing gender equality. And that's for the SWC. The signs of success? In-person or online engagement sessions are held. Bullet one, roundtable, targeting approximately 250 stakeholders reached in person. Bullet two, engaging men and boys, targeting approximately 90 organizations engaged on the development of a strategy. Engagement sessions include participation from youth, indigenous people, officials from different levels of government, academics, civil society representatives, and industry representatives. Information discussed during engagement sessions are shared in public reports, for example, what we heard reports, and website platforms. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next commitment... Support initiatives that build the capacity and long-term viability of women's organizations. And that's for the SWC. The sign of success? Capacity supports, for example, resources, tools, strategic plans, sustainability plans, are generated by funded projects. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next commitment. Increase access to relevant and timely gender and inclusion data. And that's for StatCan and the SWC. The signs of success? More than 50 indicators are released to improve access to sex disaggregated and gender data to support GBA plus analysis. And that has a deadline of June 2019. Next sign of success. Data strategies are developed, including concepts and standards, to address gaps as they relate to the concerns of LGBTQ2 communities, with a deadline of October 2019. Next sign of success. A gender-based violence, GBV, knowledge center is established to serve as a hub to coordinate federal initiatives under Canada's strategy to prevent and address gender-based violence, support data collection and research, and disseminate and mobilize GBV-related knowledge and evidence. And that has a deadline of fall 2018. The next sign of success? Annual reports to Canadians on the GBV strategies results are released with a deadline of June 2020. And the last sign of success for this commitment? data and research in priority areas related to gender-based violence are released. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next commitment. Put people with lived experiences of the consequences of public policy, including members of vulnerable communities, such as persons who are homeless or in poverty, at the center of Government of Canada policy design processes, and that is for the ESDC. A sign of success? 
a federal housing advocate and National Housing Council are appointed and are starting to consult and collaborate with stakeholders, including people with lived experiences of housing need and homelessness. And that has a deadline of August 2020. The next sign of success. An independent National Advisory Council on Poverty is established to provide advice to the Minister of Families, Children, and Social Development. The council will be representative of Canada's diversity in terms of gender, ethnicity, regions, indigenous peoples, and official languages, and include members with lived experience of poverty. And that has a deadline of December 2019. The next commitment. Conduct GBA Plus for all commitments in Canada's fourth National Action Plan on Open Government. And that's for the TBS. The signs of success are a feminist and inclusive peer review of National Action Plan commitments has been conducted with a deadline of August 2018. The next sign of success a GBA Plus review of National Action Plan commitments has been completed with a deadline of October 2018. And that concludes the Feminist and Inclusive Dialogue theme for the National Action Plan. And we move on to the last. No, I'm sorry. There's one more after this one. We move on to reconciliation and open government. And it begins as such. The government of Canada is committed to a renewed nation-to-nation relationship with Indigenous peoples based on recognition of rights, respect, cooperation, and partnership open government activities. The government of Canada acknowledges the great harm some of its policies and laws have caused to Indigenous people and their cultures, heritage, and languages. Government must strive to ensure this history is not repeated by working to ensure Indigenous perspectives, values, and lived experiences are included in decisions about the policies, laws, relationships, and decisions that impact their lives. As expressed in the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, UNDRIP, government must also respect and promote the inherent rights of Indigenous peoples which derive from their political, economic, and social structures and from their cultures, spiritual traditions, histories, and philosophies, especially their rights to their lands, territories, and resources. Open government is a way to ensure that government decision-making processes represent and are informed by the voices of the people that will be affected by them. The government of Canada will engage directly with First Nations, Inuit, and Métis rights holders and stakeholders to explore an approach to reconciliation and open government in the spirit of building relationships of trust and mutual respect. 
This commitment has been purposefully designed to allow for significant co-creation and co-implementation, encouraging First Nations, Inuit, and Métis rights holders and stakeholders to define their own approaches to engagement on open government issues. We recognize that, in contrast to other commitments, government cannot act alone to define an approach. Instead, we must work in partnership with First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. The following is a non-exhaustive list of activities and engagement processes that we could explore in the coming years to allow us to continue our journey of reconciliation and relationship building. The lead departments for this commitment are Crown Indigenous Relations and Northern Affairs Canada, the CIRNA, Statistics Canada, STATCAN, and the TBS, the Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat. Again, we see the same table as before, and I will begin with commitment number one. Work with Indigenous peoples to advance open government, and that is for the TBS. The signs of success are, through in-person and online dialogue, Scope is assessed for stronger collaboration with Indigenous peoples on open government and data governance. And that has a deadline of August 2020. Next sign of success. All members of the open government team in TBS receive OCAP training. Ownership, control, access, and possession. That's what OCAP stands for. The deadline is April 2019. The next sign of success. Options are explored in collaboration with the First Nations Information Governance Center, the FNIGC, and the Canada School of Public Service for supporting officials and departments across government to receive OCAP training. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next commitment. Build capacity for Indigenous communities and organizations to use data and research for their own requirements and needs. That's for Stat Canada. The sign of success. In co-development with Indigenous organizations and communities, 15 workshops are delivered in Indigenous communities on the use of open government data to support improved social and economic outcomes. Where possible, remote participation options will be provided. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next commitment. Work with Indigenous peoples to identify ways in which transparency around consultation and engagement activities can be enhanced. And that's for the CIRNA. The the, the sign of success Systems supporting consultation and engagement are updated to to enhance transparency. And that has a deadline of August 2020. And this concludes this commitment or this theme of reconciliation and open government. We now move on to the final commitment for the National Action Plan called Open Government Community. And it begins as such, as the global open government movement has matured in recent years, we have increasingly recognized that open government initiatives have the potential to transform the lives of citizens. But these efforts can be vulnerable to changes in political leadership and competing government priorities. 
for open government to be sustainable, we need to make efforts to foster a strong, cohesive community across Canada and around the world that can continue to push for ambitious reforms in all levels of government. Greater collaboration across the open government community can also lead to more effective work, as good practices and lessons learned can be shared to help others identify challenges and opportunities. As lead government co-chair of the Open Government Partnership, Canada has an unprecedented opportunity to convene and support the open government community around the world and here at home. The Government of Canada will demonstrate leadership at home and abroad, working with partners in government, civil society, and the private sector to share lessons learned and support a collaborative approach to align and advance open government efforts. In particular, we will... Bullet 1. Launch an ambitious strategy as co-chair of the OGP Steering Committee in partnership with its civil society co-chair, Nathaniel Heller of Results for Development. Bullet 2. Help to advance the responsible release and use of open data in OGP countries. Bullet 3. Support international events to drive peer learning and measure open government impact internationally. Bullet 4. Build capacity for governments worldwide to design more inclusive and open government initiatives. And bullet five, strengthen collaboration with other governments in Canada through the Canada Open Government Working Group and expand the working group to include representatives of national municipal organizations. The lead departments for this will be the Canada School of Public Service, the CSPS, the International Development Research Center, the IDRC, through Open Data for Development, the OD40, as well as the Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat, TBS, and partners in provincial, territorial, and municipal governments across Canada. Again, we see the same type of table as we've seen this entire episode. And the first commitment is... Demonstrate global leadership during Canada's term as lead government co-chair of the OGP Steering Committee. And that's for TBS. The sign of success? A co-chair strategy co-created with our civil society co-chair and developed in collaboration with governments and civil society, both domestic and internationally, is published and assessed quarterly in January, April, July, and October 2019. The deadline, the strategy is published October 2018, commitments fulfilled by June 2020. The next sign of success. Canada hosts an OGP summit in spring 2019 that showcases open government to a domestic and international audience. And that has a deadline of spring 2019. The next commitment. Support the OGP thematic partnership on open data, helping to advance the responsible release and use of open data in OGP countries. And that's for the IDRC. The signs of success? The Open Data for Development Network, hosted at the International Development Research Center and supported by Global Affairs Canada, will... Item number one. Provide technical support to 10 OGP governments and civil society in developing countries for implementing open data commitments, and that has a deadline of June 2020. 
And the next item, support research and innovative initiatives on the availability and use of open data for better service delivery, gender equality, inclusion, progress on the sustainable development goals, or transparency and accountability in 10 countries. And that has a deadline of June 2020. The next commitment. Support international events to drive peer learning and measure open government and open data impact internationally. And that's for the IDRC and the TBS. Signs of Success co-hosted the International Open Data Conference 2018 in Buenos Aires with a deadline of September 2018. The next sign of success Independent global assessments on the status of open data are supported around the world in a state of open data report and through the next edition of the Open Data Barometer. And that has a deadline of July 2019. The next sign of success. Canada has participated in at least two bilateral peer learning events and at least three international forums and included language on open government and at least three international declarations. The deadline, June 2020. The next commitment. Build capacity for more feminist open government initiatives worldwide. That's for the IDRC. The signs of success. An international coalition has been established that will work to make open government processes more inclusive. This group releases an action plan with commitments and progress markers. And that has a deadline of May 2019. The next sign of success? Research is funded in various regions that contributes to an evidence base for the impact of gender equality in open government on public service delivery. And that has a deadline of December 2018. The next sign of success, a synthesis publication is released and shared with future actions and recommendations outlined with a deadline of May 2019. The next commitment, building on collaborations between the governments of Canada and Alberta, extend federated open data search pilot to additional provinces and onboard at least two municipalities. That's for the TBS. The signs of success. Government of Canada has federated open data with at least two additional provinces and two municipalities. The deadlines. May 2019 to onboard two provinces. May 2020 to onboard two municipalities. The next commitment. Implement a pilot project to move toward cross-jurisdictional common data standards in line with the International Open Data Charter and other international standards. And that's for the TBS. The signs of success. Cross-jurisdictional metadata mapping is completed with a common set of core elements. And that has a deadline of February 2019. Next sign of success a pilot project to standardize five high-value data sets across jurisdictions from among the list of high-value data sets previously identified by the Canada Open Government Working Group is completed. And that has a deadline of September 2019. The next sign of success. 
at least five more subnational governments in Canada have adopted the Open Data Charter, and that has a deadline of May 2020. Then the last commitment for this theme is to promote data literacy and management for public servants within all levels of government. That's for the CSPS and TBS. The signs of success? Data literacy and management resources have been identified and are made available to government employees. And that has a deadline of September 2019. And the final sign of success. Ten data literacy events are held to promote employee skills in open data with a deadline of May 2020. And this concludes this commitment for the open government community and it also concludes all of the commitments for the National Open Government Action Plan for Canada. As promised, we will conclude the whole plan by going over the annexes that are provided at the end. Now, Annex A is is called Summary of Canada's 2018-2020 National Action Plan on Open Government. Essentially, it's just all those tables that I've been mentioning in the last four episodes now. Um, So I'm not going to repeat them. There's there's no point in going over them again. Um, But they are present. You can see them. It's actually very, very uh, intuitive how they've put it together. The next annex, Annex B is called Gender-Based Analysis Plus of National Action Plan Commitments. This is just text. There are no tables here. So I'm just going to do a straight read. Canada's work on open government, including the 2018-2020 National Action Plan above, covers a wide range of sectors and policy areas. While the analysis below seeks to identify GBA Plus considerations relating to commitments in the plan, it is only a brief overview of the key issues to be addressed. All commitment lead departments are expected to work to address GBA plus considerations throughout the implementation of their commitments. One of the fundamental qualities of open government initiatives is that they should be open to all. The principles of openness and transparency seek to return data, information, influence, and power to the people that governments are designed to serve. It is therefore crucial that communities that retain underrepresented in the highest circles of public power and influence be empowered by Canada's Open Government Initiative. One important consideration is how open government efforts may have different impacts on people of different genders. Open government initiatives are typically designed to be gender neutral. However, there is evidence that women around the world tend to have lower levels of access to information and fewer opportunities to participate in government consultations and engagement processes. Feminist open government is a central theme of our 2018-2020 National Action Plan. With a number of commitments focused on empowering women, girls, and LGBTQ2 people. This includes commitments to Bullet 1. Implement GBA Plus in public engagement and consultations. Bullet 2. Increase access to relevant and timely gender and inclusion data. And Bullet 3. 
fund research that contributes to an evidence base for the impact of gender equality in open government. Gender is not the only dimension that can affect how Canadians experience open government. During the National Action Plan development process, many Canadians raised concerns that increasing digitization of government services and information could leave some people behind. In particular, lower levels of digital literacy among Canadian seniors and less reliable internet access in rural and remote communities can make digital government inaccessible to those groups. While issues of digital access are not addressed directly in the 2018-2020 National Action Plan, they will continue to be a priority for the government of Canada. For open government specifically, consultation and engagement activities will continue to be designed to incorporate both digital and in-person options for participation. This ensures that open government activities can reach a geographically diverse audience through digital channels while still providing some opportunities for Canadians to participate in their own communities. As part of the 2018-2020 plan, the Government of Canada has also committed to exploring new ways to make public consultation and engagement processes more inclusive to all. As part of the Feminist and Inclusive Dialogue Commitment, the Government of Canada will test best practices for designing more inclusive engagement events. These best practices will be based on what Canadians have told us they need to make it easier to participate in government processes. They could include, for example, Bullet 1, exploring more community-oriented venues for events, for example, libraries. Bullet 2, providing meals or child care for event participants. And bullet three, covering the costs of public transportation for those who want to attend events. The goal of this commitment is to understand how the Government of Canada can better design consultation and engagement events to include all Canadians, including people with disabilities, low-income Canadians, and families with children. Finally, one of the most important dimensions of making open government more inclusive is establishing relationships of mutual trust and respect with marginalized and underrepresented communities. For open government to be successful, our work needs to reflect a wide range of experiences, but doing so requires us to engage thoughtfully, meaningfully, and consistently with community groups and organizations that represent those diverse experiences. This process of reaching out directly to communities affected by our work requires patience and understanding. It is not directly reflected in the commitments of our 2018-2020 National Action Plan because it is a process that cannot be easily defined. Its success cannot be measured in the number of engagement events held or the type of comments received. We can only know that we have succeeded if more Canadians feel they are better able to engage with the government to make their voices heard in decision-making processes that affect them. 
One way we have represented this process of relationship building is in our reconciliation and open government commitment, where we commit to spending the full plan implementation period engaging in dialogue with indigenous rights holders and stakeholders to assess scope for stronger collaboration on open government and data governance. We have also made inclusion, reconciliation, and collaboration key principles guiding our work on the implementation of this plan. And this concludes the write-up for Annex B. Next is Annex C. It is called, How Our Identity Affects Our Experiences. What is Intersectionality? And again, it is just essentially a page and a half worth of text, which I'll be reading right now. In our 2018-2020 National Action Plan on Open Government, we talk about applying an intersectional lens to all of our work. But what is intersectionality? One of the original definitions of the word comes from Kimberly Crenshaw, an American civil rights advocate and law professor at UCLA School of Law and Columbia Law School. Crenshaw's work focuses primarily on the issues of gender and race. She was the first scholar to use the word intersectionality and built the concept as a theory within feminist theory. Her 1991 article, Mapping the Margins, Intersectionality, Identity Politics, and Violence Against Women of Color, mapped the understanding of intersectionality by black feminists and social justice projects, looking at the race and gender dimensions of violence against women of color. Reflecting on intersectionality in 2017, Crenshaw described it as a lens through which you can see where power comes and collides, where it interlocks and intersects. It's not simply that there is a race problem here, a a gender problem here, or a class or LGBTQ problem there. Many times that framework erases what happens to people who are subject to all these things. Continued context around the word intersectionality has been provided by Patricia Hill Collins and Surma Blige. In their book, Intersectionality, they say the following. Intersectionality is a way of understanding and analyzing the complexity in the world, in people, and in human experiences. The events and conditions of social and political life and the self can seldom be understood as shaped by one factor. They are generally shaped by many factors in diverse and mutually influencing ways. When it comes to social inequality, people's lives and the organization of power in a given society are better understood as being shaped not by a single axis of social division, be it race or gender or class, but by many axes that work together and influence each other. Intersectionality as an analytics tool gives people better access to the complexity of the world and of themselves. The quote now ends and the paragraph continues. They further argue that using intersectionality as an analytic tool requires unpacking six core concepts. Inequality, relationality, power, social context, complexity, and social justice. For the open government team, 
Applying an intersectional lens to our work means striving to understand how various intersecting identity factors might impact the effectiveness of our open government work and how we can design our open government initiatives in a way that responds to the needs and expectations of all Canadians by thinking about how those intersecting identities are affected by what we do. And this concludes Season 2, Episode 4 of Stories from the Open Gov, and it concludes the complete reading of the 2018-2020 Canada Open Government Action Plan. For those who are curious, the Canadian Treasury Board provides an open government tracker so you can see how well the government has done with fulfilling these commitments. In the meantime, leave us a rating or a comment about the episode or the podcast and learn more about open government and open data by visiting our website at reopengov.org. Thank you for listening and let's make it open.